the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all people on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, and who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Shall we pray? Father God, I pray that you would be with us now as we explore your word. Speak to our hearts and fill us with your spirit. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. I want to begin this morning by reminding us of some of the news headlines that we have heard in recent days. 129 killed and at least 350 injured in Paris bomb attacks. Junior doctors will support strikes. The pain was unbelievable, says acid attack victim. Body found, believed to be missing teenager Kaylee. And some closer to home. High River stalls hunt for Thomas. Attack left victim with brain bleed. Firefighter admits role in conspiracy to start fires. And as we focus on and remember in prayer today the persecuted church, we remember headlines concerning this. Sudan, churches destroyed, severe food shortages. Tanzania, churches burnt to the ground. Burma, rise in tensions as elections approach. Indonesia, nine churches destroyed. And personally, I wonder what the headline of your week or month would be. We live in an imperfect world, full of unrest and uncertainty, turmoil and war. We live in a world where people are killed because of their faith and others kill because of it. We are a part of a church, both worldwide, nationally and locally, that lacks unity and is divided. We are a people who strive to find meaning and purpose, who suffer health and money issues, who live with broken relationships. Against this backdrop, this morning we turn back to the book of Revelation, to a small section right at the start of the book, which sets the whole thing in context. Revelation, cast into the form of a letter, is addressed to seven churches in Asia Minor, around 100 years after the death of Jesus. And when we read this book of Revelation, we build a picture of what these churches were facing at the time. 
This wasn't an easy time for Christians. They were facing persecution for their faith, imprisonment and death, along with all the other trials that life brings. Society was a mix of faith and faithlessness. So can this book speak into the world and church and society and personal circumstances in which we find ourselves today? Well, I believe the answer is yes. Right at the beginning of this passage, we learn that this book is for us. These truths are for us. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ given by God for his servants. So if we claim to be those who serve him, then this book is written to us. And it contains powerful truths intended for God, by God, for the church in all ages, speaking into the pain and difficulty of God's people at all times and in all places. It speaks of Jesus Christ, who is alive and active, both in our global and our personal situations, as much today as he was then. John's revelation is the word of God and the witness of Jesus, God's voice speaking right into our lives and the situations in our world. John begins with the greeting, peace and grace, grace and peace, from the one who was and is and is to come. He uses a name for God which expresses something of his character. The Bible commentator William Barclay says that in the terrible days in which he was writing, John focuses his people's hearts on the changelessness of God. In the chaotic change and the turbulence of the world at that time, here is the assurance that God is changeless. And in this short passage, we hear God himself commending Jesus to us, as the one who has the power to make all the difference in the world. And we hear in this passage five truths from God about Jesus. Let's look at them now. Firstly, he is the faithful witness, the witness on whom we can depend, a witness to the truth of God, the only one who has first-hand knowledge about God. And so we can expect to hear and receive the words of Jesus speaking into the situations across the world and into our own lives, speaking God's truth, his comfort, his peace. So we can listen to Jesus about the things that are on our hearts and draw strength from him. Secondly, it tells us that Jesus is the firstborn of the dead. The firstborn was the one who inherited his father's honour and power. So Jesus is the Lord of the dead and the Lord of the living. There is no part of the universe and nothing in life or death of which Jesus Christ is not Lord. And therefore, no matter how terrible or hopeless in our thing, things in our world or in our own lives may seem, they are not beyond that power and lordship of Jesus. Even death is not beyond his power. And so therefore, as Christians, there is always hope. So let's be encouraged to take comfort from that today. Thirdly, we are told, he's the ruler of the kings of the earth. At the temptation of Jesus that we read of in the Gospels, the devil promises Jesus a share in the kingdoms of the earth 
if only he would bow down and worship him. But of course, Jesus didn't do what he wanted, but instead he won these kingdoms by the suffering of the cross and the power of the resurrection. Unfailing love is what gave Jesus his lordship, not compromising with evil. And so through the authority of Jesus, we too have the power to resist evil. A husband whose wife was killed in the Paris terror attacks last week has directly addressed those responsible in an open letter where he refuses to give in to evil. We're going to listen to that letter now. On Friday night, you stole away the life of an exceptional being. The love of my life, the mother of my son, but you will not have my hatred. It's easy to be overwhelmed, isn't it? But as Christians, we need to know that love is stronger than evil and have that in our minds. Jesus gives us the power to respond with love in the face of evil because the power of his love at work in us is stronger than any other power. Where can we show this to be true in our lives and in our worlds? Even by just one small thing, if we all did that, what will we do to play our part? As Romans 12, 21 puts it, do not be overcome by evil, 
but overcome evil with good. Fourthly, Jesus loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. Note the present tense that is used here. He loves us, showing us that the love of God in Jesus Christ is continuous, always and forever. And interestingly, in contrast to the past tense of freed or set us free. So all that happened on the cross set us free once and for all from all that holds us in life, everything that holds us back. The sacrifice of Jesus has given us freedom from the grip of evil, whatever form that takes. We are not powerless to it and do not have to be held prisoner by it anymore. So what do we need to do to let go of things or give up things that hold us so that we can truly live in that freedom today? Fifthly and finally then, he has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. We are a kingdom people. He has made us his royal people. Because of Jesus, we are children of God. Jesus has made us priests. And as priests, therefore, we are free to approach God as our Father. Through his death, he opened up a way for us to stand in the presence of God. So nothing needs to hold us back from seeking God, from approaching him, running to him as his children. Not guilt or illness or despair or broken relationships or bad choices or violence or pain. As his people, we can approach our Father God on behalf of our world too. And we need to do that so much at the moment. The day will come when Jesus will return and all peoples will bow before him and the whole earth fall at his feet. The day will come when Jesus will be Lord of all. But in the meantime, the wonderful reality of who Jesus is holds us steadfast in the chaos and difficulty of the world. His power brings help and hope to all that are in need, and surely that's all of us. And so into the, all the difficulty and pain of the world, and into all the difficulty and pain of living as a Christian. This passage spoke to those churches at the time that it was written. The imprisonment, the killing, the ridicule, the worship of other gods, the people living as though gods didn't exist. Sound familiar? And just as powerfully, God speaks to us now. So to conclude, this passage ends as it began as though God is reminding his people of his sovereignty and of his authority, speaking into their pain and struggle, bigger than it all, wrapping himself around it all. I am the Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning and the end, the one who is completely and absolutely complete, who was and is and is to come, the Almighty. We are in his hands where nothing has the power to destroy us. I want to end as I began by reading the news headlines, but this time I want us to respond afterwards by joining together in a declaration of who God is. I'd love it if we could stand together to do this. I'm going to read the headlines and then some words will appear on the screen and if we say all of those words together. 129 killed 
and at least 350 injured in Paris bomb attacks. Junior doctors will support strikes. <clears throat> the pain was unbelievable, says acid attack victim. High River stalls hunt for Thomas. Attack left victim with brain bleed. Firefighter admits role in conspiracy to start fires. Sudan, churches destroyed, severe food shortages. Tanzania, churches burnt to the ground. Burma, rise in tensions as elections approach. Indonesia, nine churches destroyed. And I wonder what the headline of our week or month would be. Maybe health continues to deteriorate or family falls out for the fourth time this week. Or maybe work awful. Let's bring all this to our minds and hearts in God's presence now. Let's take a moment of silence and then we'll join in these words together. Before time, before people, people before, before the, the world, world began, began God, God was here and now, now among us, beside us, enlisting the people of the earth for the purposes of heaven. God is in the future when we have turned to dust and all we know has found its fulfillment. God will be. Not, not denying the world, but, but delighting in it. Not, not condemning the world, but redeeming it through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. God was, God is, God will be.